This episode of the Bargain Bin Movie Podcast is sponsored by complete incompetence in movie making. How do you mess up something so bad that you have to go to another company to ask them, hey, can you help us with our movie? We'll distribute it and take all the credit while you can use our character, which is technically your character, in your movies. Please just help us out. When we're building our universe, I'm not going to talk to you about whether or not this character or that character is going to be in the same universe as our shared universe. I'm just going to say it on camera to some movie reviewer without actually talking to you about it. So all of that is going to make us all this money and we're going to sponsor the Bargain Bin Movie Podcast with all that money that we've just fallen into. What do you think about that, Mr. Feige? Hello and welcome back to the Bargain Bin Movie Podcast, where Spider-Man has again been rebooted, but thank God, spoilers, every Spider-Man movie that comes out is just a little bit better, uh, with a couple hiccups here and there. Uh, Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. If you guys didn't know, uh, if you if that joke in the beginning, comp- quote-unquote joke in the beginning, completely went over your head, um, Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige, Amy Pascal is like the president or whatever of Sony. Uh, she's in charge of that whole debacle. Um, she and Kevin Feige had a an interview recently, and they were talking about the Venom Uh, movie that they're proposing to do threatening us with really and amy pascal was like yeah they're they're going to be connected um she was implying that they're going to be loosely connected they'll be adjunct to the universe that we're creating right now uh they'll they'll connect they'll take place in other places but you know they'll they'll still be connected and kevin feige did that whole man i really this is why i want to do videos because It'd just be so much easier to show you, but Kevin Feige has this amazing, like, surprised face, and he's trying to keep it under control, but he, like, blinks three times and, like, shakes his head like he's just been woken up from a bad dream, when really the the bad dream is just starting. Uh, So, yeah, that that was that whole thing, and, of course, Sony messing up on Amazing Spider-Man 2, quote-unquote. I actually really, I like Amazing Spider-Man 2. It... It has the whole, uh, we have too many villains and we don't know what to do with them and we give them way too much screen time. It has that whole problem, but it doesn't, it's not as bad as like Amazing Spider-Man or uh, as Spider-Man 3. Um, the, that whole thing with Venom was terrible. The, the dancing and the jazz club thing, it's all, it's bad. It messes, it messed with Peter Parker's character. It, completely didn't do justice to Venom's character and they could have just had Sandman in it and it would have been fine or if they you know actually did justice to Venom that would have been fine too but anyway Amazing Spider-Man 2 is not that bad and I don't know why everyone hates it so much um and I I think I'm gonna rank the Spider-Man I've I've seen some other people do this online I'm gonna rank the Spider-Man movies at the end of the podcast but Let's see, what did I think of the new Spider-Man Homecoming movie? First of all, the the 
name of it is still pretty dumb. Uh, they did integrate Homecoming into the movie. It played a part that, you know, took took place around Homecoming, whatever. But it didn't need to be called that. And I don't know, but it's also kind of growing on me. It's When I first heard it, I'm like, that's definitely a fake name, and they're definitely going to change it because that's stupid. But they didn't, and, you know, it's it's okay. It's kind of a dumb name, but whatever. What are you going to do when... Um, Spider-Man is taken, and the Amazing Spider-Man is taken. What are you gonna do? The Ultimate Spider-Man? Then you're like beholden to the Ultimate Universe, and the MCU is not the Ultimate Universe. So, whatever, it's fine. Uh let's see. I think this might be the best characterization of Spider-Man. Maybe the '90s cartoon is a little bit more like the comics but that's more like the comics of that time and before like the 60s comics at least what the impression that i get from them it's more like that it's more like the older comics so because my my view my impression of spider-man is he he's a jokester he jokes all the time he doesn't take anything seriously uh quips and thwips i like to say (laughs) it's kind of a dumb there's a, I think the reason that no one says quips and thwip is because it's it sounds dumb when you say it out loud. But it worked. He he's quipping all through the fight and he's webbing people up left and right. So it's and there I just rhymed too. Let's let's make t shirts out of both of those dumb things that I just said. Yeah, so and this Spider Man completely embodies that. He's He's joking around. He's having fun. He's just a kid that was given these powers. And, what you know, an energetic kid like Peter, what is he going to do? He's going to have fun with it. So I really like that. Um, he, the fact that he's smart and he gets to use his, like, engineering knowledge throughout. The, okay, I'm going to try not to spoil anything. So this isn't really a spoiler. He gets to use his knowledge as, like, just a, a smart kid who's into engineering throughout the movie um and doesn't just use his superpowers to solve problems even though you know he does he does also do that let's see what else is important about peter he's smart he's funny he is a good person and does superhero things so yeah they got the they got the whole vibe of superman the personality of superman of (laughs) spider-man really good (laughs) I think I talk about Superman too much. Uh, And the way that they integrate all of the other characters into the movie is really good. You, the list of, of characters that have like important names that could be important later just goes on and on. Uh, Well, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but there's like nine characters that I'm going to list later in the spoiler section that are important or will be important, have been important. They all have names that are recognizable, basically. Basically, everybody has recognizable names. And if Sony had done that by themselves, they would have had to give everybody a backstory and focus on this character and that character and had you know, a, an underground facility where all of the, all the bad guys get all their tech. And so we can sort of streamline everything. But Marvel, 
constructed a movie where it just has characters. And those characters have names and personalities and backstories that are from the comics. But we don't have to we don't have to focus on all of that. If we need a character to fill this role, we'll look in the comics and see if somebody fits that role. Then we'll put them in, we'll name we'll somebody will say their name out loud, and there you go. You have that Easter egg and you and we have that seed that we can use later. If we want to grow that character into somebody important, we can do that because we've planted that seed and right now it's just a seed. It's not taking up any more time than it needs to in the movie. No one's like watching it grow needlessly. But we can use it if we need it. So that was probably my favorite part of the overall movie and the way that it was made. They had all these cool characters in there and they didn't focus too much on any of them. Um, let's see. The characters. The The story was pretty good. It weaved in and out of like other things that have been happening. Uh, that might ruin a, a little bit of something for you, but not really. Uh, it It's integrated well also into the universe because of the different times that it uh, takes place, the, the different time jumps that happen. There's a little bit of a continuity error, but because of a title card, it's like, oh, you know, this many years later, and then you do the math, and you're like, well, that puts it in this year, and that's not quite right, but whatever. It's fine. It's not a huge... Um, it's not gonna. It's not gonna take anything off the rails. Kevin Feige will probably address it at some point because fans are never gonna shut up about it. But um, there you go. Um, the character. There's gonna. There's a. Nope. I'm not gonna say that. Because uh, that's a spoiler. I'm gonna save that. Uh, the jokes landed. Thought that they were pretty funny. Um, the theme. Okay. The theme that opens up the 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 movie is. <laughs> I I just started I almost started cheering right in the beginning of the movie. You know how they have the the credits and they have the like Avengers theme in the background or they'll have whatever theme for the movie, the Captain America theme or whatever. They had the Spider-Man theme and it was done by like an orchestra. And I was going to put that as the intro to this to the podcast, but I didn't. So I'll insert it right here. what i mean isn't that great i love that i i always loved the the spider-man theme because you could just like hum it or, or sing it <laughs> kind of puts a jump in your step and it it just it just makes me happy did i mention i love spider-man <laughs> i love spider-man this is my favorite character uh superhero character and one of my favorite characters just in general of all time um I don't even know, like, two of my favorite characters as a kid were Spider-Man and Tarzan. There's a little bit of a correlation there. They both swing from, like, webs or vines and climb stuff and they're super strong and whatever. Um, 
and I, I genuinely don't know which one I came into contact with first. Uh, it might have been Tarzan, because I think I saw uh, Tarzan in the theater when I was like, ooh, uh, my little sister would have been a baby, so it would have been about six years old. And then uh, I really fell in, in love with Spider-Man when I watched the 90s cartoon, and that was probably around seven or eight. So the the love for both of them sort of grew at the at the same time. But I love Spider-Man, so <clears throat> wow. I don't know what just happened. So it's been really cool to like grow up with the original three Sam Raimi, uh, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man movies. But if you watch those now, I mean, when I watch those now, I can't get past the fact that they make Peter into such a joke. He can't even get like an odor. I think I've talked about this, an hors d'oeuvre at a, at a party. And it's just, it's not, it doesn't feel like a real story. It feels like, you know, we've got these, uh, we've got him Spider-Manning and then we've got him just sucking at life in general. And then we've got him crying and MJ sort of being an emo kid and, and talking to him sometimes, but also just being really weird so i don't know a lot of that stuff i can't get past it anymore spider-man 2 the way everyone talks it up so much i get it because doc ock is a really good villain and i don't know there's i think there's less crying in that one and also the (laughs) like the dumb crying that goes on in, in those movies and the the whole other storyline where he is not sure of himself and he's losing his powers, that's pretty cool too. So all of that together, it works. I like it. But I don't know. The the amount of love that, uh, that Spider-Man 2 gets, uh, I don't really get it anymore. But anyway, it's kind of like Star Wars where I just want, I want Spider-Man to be Spider-Man. And I want Mary Jane to be his girlfriend and I want Mary Jane to be Mary Jane. And that's all I want. If you want to give me Green Goblin again, sure, that's fine. I don't, I don't want Green Goblin again. But all right, whatever. That's all I want. Do good and make, make the make the thing. <laughs> do Spider Man and do it well. So, does this movie do both of those things? It does Spider Man justice. And all of the other characters do really well. There's one character that doesn't, um, well, two. One is a spoiler. The other one is Ned. Ned's kind of an idiot, and his jokes don't always land, and he's a little bit of a characterization. Like, he, I keep saying that. I really like that word, apparently, characterization. He, he's, he's a cartoon, um, the, (laughs) I know guys that do, that have the, the hat you know the where the fedora and no it doesn't work i've tried it <laughs> doesn't work but for some people it does no what I, what i mean is if other people end up not like cool kids the cool kids aren't gonna like it the public schoolers aren't gonna like it but some people pull it off it's fine i can't wear that anymore i just don't want to offend the one friend that i have that <laughs> wears fedoras give it up man <laughs> It's fine. It's cool. I like it. But there's a lot of people that won't like it. And you have to understand that. (laughs) Uh, 
Okay, but Ned, in in general, he's like he asks really dumb questions that any anybody that hangs out with Peter Parker would not ask. I don't know if you're hanging out with somebody as smart as Peter Parker, you'd think you'd be a little bit smarter. That's all I'm saying. Um, I'm going to get into the specifics of the characters later. Uh, the story is fine. It's cool. It's great. The um, I like Michael Keaton. They gave him a good story. They gave him a good backstory and uh, some something to chew on. He, he's got good motivation. All he wants to do is make it in this world and take care of his family and that's admirable but he goes around he goes and you hear that in the trailer he's, he says i'm gonna do whatever it takes to to protect my family and protect those that i love and i will kill you and anyone you love if you get in my way basically michael keaton does it better so yeah love that venom, uh, venom. <laughs> vulture was great what else? Happy was funny. Tony Stark doesn't take over. The action scenes were good. The action, it, uh, the way that they put it all together was great. The swinging was great. The climbing was great. Uh, I like the suit character that, that comes up that I wish they hadn't spoiled in the freaking trailer. But by now, I don't know, you've either seen it and you don't care, or you've seen the trailer and you don't care because it's already been spoiled for you. But the the, the suit has a voice, um, suit lady. She's cool. I like her. There's a cool Easter egg there that I'm going to get into in a second. And yeah, love this movie. Go see it. There's only like... Oh, there's one joke that I didn't like. Um, <laughs> this is being very nitpicky now. But I'm going to point it out anyway. There's a part where... Peter is like running through a bunch of backyards and it's funny in and of itself. He's running like in the middle of the day. He has nothing to swing. Oh, that's another thing that my, my buddy Dan, uh, he, he pointed this out to me. I was talking to him about Spider-Man earlier and he, I don't ever call him Dan in real life. I don't know why I just called him Dan right now. Daniel is what he prefers to be called now because he outgrew Danny. Good job, bro. Uh, he, he, he pointed out to me that the, the fact that <sighs> there's parts in the movie where Spider-Man doesn't have anything to swing off of because he's in the suburbs and he's not in the, the, the city and there's, there are no tall buildings around and it's really cool just to see that, uh, addressed. He doesn't have anything to swing on, <laughs> so he ends up having to run around on foot. It's amazing. Love it. But... There is a part where he's running through a bunch of backyards, and it's pretty funny all on its own. I get it. It's funny. It's a joke. It works in the movie. But they had to make sure that they, that you knew that they were paying homage to Ferris Bueller. You know that one part in Ferris Bueller that was just kind of okay when he ran through a bunch of backyards and was like flirting with random girls in bikinis that... Uh, were suntanning in their backyard, which, first, what are you doing? And also, you have a girlfriend who you might marry and is bloody perfect, and you're flirting with a random girl who's just suntanning casually in her, background, uh, in her backyard. What are you doing, sir? But anyway, he is running through all the backyards, and they they show that on the TV, and like 
Spider-Man knocks the TV over or whatever as, and then it clips to the next thing. It was funny by itself. Why did you have to, like, really just make sure that we knew what you were referencing? I get it. It's, it was it was great. Didn't have to do that. So that was dumb. That annoyed me a little bit. I would have taken that as, hey, when Mr. Sunday Movies comes out with his Easter egg video, that he speculates that, hey, maybe they were paying homage to Ferris Bueller because they're trying to go for, like, an 80s John Hughes vibe. Did John Hughes do that movie? Probably not. They're it's in the same wheelhouse. They're they're he, they're going for that kind of vibe. So maybe maybe they're trying to reference that. If that happened, that'd be fine. I'm okay with that. Like you don't have to ram it down my throat. Anyway, that's all that's about all I have to say in the non-spoiler section. So let's get straight into spoilers. So here we go. I'm going to be more specific about all the characters that they added and integrated really well without shoving them in their in your face and giving them 20 minutes of freaking backstory in an hour and a, what, hour and a half movie, two-hour movie. You don't have time for that. Anyway, Adrian Toomes, Vulture, Michael Keaton, wonderful. Um, the, the part when, you've been warned, spoilers, the part when he ended up becoming, er, ended up becoming, <laughs> he was revealed as, oh no, I've forgotten her name, uh, Liz. When she, he turned out to be Liz's dad, I, I legit was not expecting that. It's hard to do that in movies, especially with superhero movies when they're they're like so predictable. I was not expecting that at all, and when he opened up that door, and I'm like, wait. Oh no. <laughs> He's her dad? What? Yeah, that was just just a very special moment that doesn't happen in superhero movies very often and was very effective. That whole scene where he he's talking vulture is talking to to Peter and Peter is just floored. Like he can't even say anything. Uh he <laughs> when Liz is like Oh, is that a corsage? That's another spoiler. He goes to the homecoming with her. Is that a corsage? And he just hands it over, like doesn't even take his eyes off of Vulture. They've had a couple of run-ins at this point. And he just gives it, <laughs> gives it to her and she's like, okay. That was great. You don't get tension like that so much in superhero movies either because you're like, well, the, the hero is going to live. So who cares? But. I don't know why, but maybe it's Michael Keaton, and it's actors. Keaton is great, and so is um, not Andrew Garfield. Tom Holland. So is Tom Holland. That guy's amazing. You you should watch him in uh, that hurricane tsunami movie. What is it called? It's called The Impossible. That is a great movie with also with um, Ewan McGregor, and I can never remember the blonde's name. I'm sorry. It's not gonna come to me. Um, yeah, that's a great movie, The Impossible. Go watch it. It's great. I cried, like, almost cried. I never really cry in movies. We've talked about this. I almost cried, like, three or four times because of all of the, like, amazing family moments in that movie. And I'm going to tear up right now. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so that was great. You don't get that very often in superhero movies 
what other characters do we have? We've got Matt Gargan, who it's such a small Easter egg that I almost missed it. I was like, he, uh, Vulture, why well, keep calling him Vulture? I don't know. Tombs is like, they never say that though. Michael Keaton? Should I call him Michael Keaton? So Michael Keaton was like, we're going to, uh, how's that, how's that, uh, Gargan deal coming? And, you know, whatever his henchman was at the time, he answered him. So I was like, Gargan, Gargan, that sounds like, but he did, did he say Garkin? I don't, I think he said Gargan. And that's a, that's a name, I, that's the scorpion, isn't it? It's the freaking scorpion. I looked it up afterwards and it is, <laughs> Michael Keaton did in fact say Mac Gargan. And thank you, uh, Spider-Man on the PlayStation 2, because... PlayStation 2, the PlayStation 1, because I wouldn't have known what, uh, well, also the 90s cartoon. Anyway, why I know doesn't matter. Matt Gargan is the Scorpion. He's in the universe. He's not, it's not going to be exactly the same, probably, because I don't think um, Gargan was like a professional criminal before he was the Scorpion in the comics. Not completely sure. But I'm pretty sure about that. And also his backstory is uh, tied in with J. Jonah Jameson, who has not shown up in the MCU yet and may never show up. I don't know. I would love it if they just brought back uh, J.K. Simmons. Everyone would. I'm just kind of throwing my hat in the ring. That'd be amazing. I would love it. Even though it would completely break universes and such. (laughs) Who cares? Uh, Jackson Bryce slash the shocker he was the first shocker and got booted immediately uh herman schultz played by bokeem woodbine who i i keep hearing that guy's name i think he's on some like big tv show right now excuse my oblivion but uh yeah i think he's on something he also looks a little bit familiar but he was pretty cool the shocker and he just he was just a uh he was a henchman, but just a little bit more prominent than than normal. Like uh, I don't know, a series regular or a, what do they call it? Like a featured extra, but just up a level, you know. Uh, a featured henchman. There, that's what I'll call him. He's a featured henchman, and not like a full on villain all on his own. He works for the Vulture, and he has a cool name and like he has not really powers he has something that gives him powers anyway that was cool uh who's next we have the tinker okay the tinker he he makes all the stuff he's again a featured henchman they don't call him the tinker he's just there and i know about this because i've seen youtube videos i saw youtube videos before the before the movie so that guy is the tinker phineas mason played by michael chernis who i think is also famous uh ned here we go ned if his last name is leeds and they can take this or leave this is what i'm talking about the seeds that they're planting that they can take or leave ned peter's best friend if his last name is leeds that means that he could be later on the hobgoblin now bad guys bad guys can technically can take any form like uh they can, <laughs> i'm gonna try to be pc about a a very chubby actor 
uh, going to put on a suit and be a, a bad guy that's going to go up against Spider-Man and look good in tights. Ned is not a skinny man. Hobgoblin is a very skinny man. So I don't know how they're going to do that if they decide to do that. But there you go. It's there. The seed is there for them to take. There's also the Prowler, which is a really, a really deep cut because, I mean, I don't, I didn't get it. And I pay attention to these things. I try to like, I mean, I don't really do this on purpose, but I enjoy learning about the comics before and after the movie. So, um, what's his face? Donald Glover, who is a great, just, just, I'm really jealous of these people that are like triple threats that they can sing, act, and do something else. Like, um, who's that other guy? Uh, the guy that plays, the guy that played the Joker most recently, Jared Leto. Jared Leto is a rock star. Have I said this before? I've, I've been away too long. He's a rock star. He is an Academy Award winning director, or director, uh, actor. And he is an uh, he's an iconic character as well. That does not happen very often. Those three big accomplishments don't usually happen within the same man. Um, Donald Glover is, I believe, he's been nominated for an Emmy, or else he's been just on a show that's been nominated for an Emmy. Is that how things work? Is that Emmy? Is that TV? Um, he has that, and also. He's a great actor, and he is a good, like, rap artist. And and he's a comedian? Like, what is happening right now? Drama, comedy, uh, rapping, and that other thing that I said. It's great. It's amazing. I don't know how he does it. But he plays the Prowler in this movie, um, Aaron Davis, who Spider-Man calls, um, like, criminal guy or something like that. Mr. Criminal Sir, or something like that. It's, it's it's a good scene with him. And he hints at Miles Morales. He says, I've got... Because the Prowler is the uncle to Miles Morales. And Miles... Oh, man. And Miles Morales is, if you don't know, a half African-American and half Hispanic. I'm not sure if he's like Cuban or Mexican or, or what. But he's half African-American and half Hispanic. And he takes over the mantle of Spider-Man after Spider-Man dies in the ultimate com- in the comics ultimate universe. So freaking Miles Morales is in the MCU now. So that's pretty awesome. And like I keep saying, that seed is there for them to use later. They don't have to use it, but it'd be great if they did. Like, you know, Peter gets old, uh, maybe the contract expires, and they've got Miles Morales to take over the Spider-Man mantle once Tom Holland doesn't want to or can't do the movies anymore. And this is, by the way, this is another actor that loves Spider-Man. I don't know if um, original recipe Spider-Man, what's his name? Freaking uh, Tobey Maguire. I don't know if Tobey Maguire like, loves Spider-Man, but Andrew Garfield has said that you know he's been a fan of Spider-Man his whole life. And, you know, like, who hasn't? But, um, and then what's his name? Tom Holland says the same thing. So, um, and he literally said in some interviews that this has been his dream. Like the dream was to play Spider-Man and he got Spider-Man. So I love that. Like the whole, 
his dream came true thing is amazing and the fact that we get a spider-man who loves being spider-man and that was his dream since he was a kid that that makes me happy and and i feel like he's going to do a better job because of that maybe i mean geez like some actors are just so good most a lot of actors are so good that you know they can play a character that they don't know anything about him but um they they do a great job because they're a great actor but just that little added thing i don't know it it's like they can contribute something like hey Sp- maybe Spider-Man would do this. They can ad-lib a little bit. They can contribute more to the movie, I feel like, if they know about the source material. And even more if they know about it because they love it. Because you know so much more about the things that you love because you just spend so much time consuming uh, the the content that you love, the, the information that you're interested in. So I, I just love that we have a Spider-Man that loves being Spider-Man, that loves the character of Spider-Man. Anyway, on to the next guy. Miles Morales is there. That's cool. The Prowler. Flash Thompson. He's there. Um, here we go again with the uh, changing the changing the, the character up. This one I'm okay with. <laughs> and it's... The reason why is because Thompson, as a bully, is boring. A big guy. He's a bully. He beats up on people shoves them into lockers and whatever who cares we've seen that in a million movies it's not interesting a short indian kid short skinny indian kid who's smart but is mostly just a jerk that's interesting that's he's cool and that's why he can be a bully he's smart and he's and he's got money like have you seen did you see that guy's car ridiculous he's like 15 get my gosh anyway he he's cool and smart that's why he can he he can bully other people because other people will will get behind him when he starts making fun of somebody the but the big dumb jock that's a bully that's boring so i like i like this change it's good and uh the fact that we have flash thompson in universe is cool because at one point in the comics flash thompson was venom so we have that seed if we need it have you noticed that most characters in spider-man's life are either it's aunt may it's all his girlfriend girlfriends it's uncle ben who dies and everyone else is a villain it's ridiculous his friends most of his friends end up becoming villains if they're not his girlfriend and some of his girlfriends become villains too or are villains before they become his girlfriend black cat anyway very few exceptions to that. Someone will probably tell me some exceptions. Anyway. That's... Okay, so that's eight villains to recap. That's Flash Thompson, Prowler, Ned Leeds, potential villain, Phineas Mason, the, the Tinker, Shocker number one, Shocker number two, the Scorpion, and Vulture. And I probably missed somebody. So that's ridiculous. Eight villains. Eight villains. Do you know how many take up too much screen time? None of them. Sony, eat your heart out. <laughs> Actually, count your money because you made the right decision going to Marvel and, and ask it for help. And also, there's Iron Man, Happy Hogan, Pepper Potts, and Betty Brant. I, that totally went over my head. I had Somebody else had to tell me that Betty Brant is in it. If you don't know who Betty Brant is, it's uh, 
Ooh, I can't, I can't remember her that actress's name either. But anyway, she's in Spider-Man, the like the the Raimi trilogy. Um, she works for J. Jonah Jameson. She's like the secretary. She answers all the calls. She goes in to the. She's like the only lady in the office that has a speaking role. So if you don't know who I'm talking about, you haven't seen the original three Spider-Man. So that's who she is. She was in. She was on the TV in Homecoming where. Um, they're like in in school she's like the one of the tv reporters i don't know one of the journalists one of the kid journalists anyway that was pretty cool um and apparently principal Choi was the grandson of one of the howling commandos played by the same actor that's pretty cool and so the point is that's one two three four five more characters that have some significance in, like, Iron Man started the freaking thing. They have some significance in the universe, and they didn't get too much screen time. Easter eggs, seeds, we're good. Alright, so just a couple more things before I get to the really big thing that I want to talk about. Um, that is Liz. I really liked Liz. She she was just a good person. Like, she was pretty and tall, and popular, and, you know, a senior girl, but also, like, just a really good person, and, what, did I miss smart? She's also really smart, and she is, like, kind to Peter. She knows that he likes her, but doesn't, like, she's not pursuing him, nor is she, like, rejecting him, like, you're, I'm too good for you, or even, like, making fun of him, or any of that stuff. Like, she admires, now I'm saying like all the time, she admires him, and she carries herself so well in this movie, and I loved it. So, I don't know, It's she, she's one of those girls that you, you could be friends with her, you might ask her out, but it doesn't really matter, because just being in her life is like an honor. So... I, that was that was really awesome to see it. You don't, I don't think I've seen that in. I've never seen such a young character have that kind of quality. So, um, a female character who is also like the love interest. I've never I've never seen that before. So I really like that. And let's see if I can get through the rest of my notes before my phone dies. Um, oh, and the the fact that she moved away was like almost more. Uh, effective for me than like Gwen dying like I I was really sad when when Gwen died and I felt for Peter but Liz like moving away was more um, effective for me just because that's like happened to me that that kind of thing has happened to me where you know you you have a crush on somebody and then you never see them again after some point so it's yeah that that got to me loved that um, when movies are, are good and effective, sometimes you feel sad, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> and I made this note that, uh, people might start talking about what's basically an interracial, like, interracial relationship, but I really want to talk about the height difference. <laughs> like, not only is she older by, what, two years? But also, 
she's taller than he is so that <laughs> i don't know that that was like it's like brave and also cool of like the filmmakers that they're like hey this is okay uh, the guy can be shorter it's fine uh, i just thought that was that was kind of cool because i didn't even think about literally the height difference came to my mind before the the race being different uh came to my mind i don't know is that patting myself on the back or is that just hey these are good characters that work and their race it doesn't matter like the the race of the actor didn't matter at all um i, I don't know if i've had this whole spiel about um race and and how it uh my defense of like a lot of characters being white and just because we, okay i guess i'll say that right now because i can sum it up when you have a Mexican character or an African-American character, you have all these things that, like, in African-American culture, it's it's like uh, a disease that's rampant in, in their culture of crime and drugs and whatever, all that kind of stuff, and it sucks. But you you feel like you almost have to address that or address why it's not part of that individual african-american or mexicans life because it's the same with mexicans just in slightly they're in slightly different um aspects of the whole like uh crime world i guess they're into different drugs they're into different uh crimes that they commit and uh different gangs and stuff so but it's still the same idea where there's a lot of uh criminal activity there's a lot of you know, family issues and hurt that goes on. So you either have to have that be a part of that character's life or it somehow explain that away. Otherwise, I feel like, some with like with some of the CW shows, I think I've talked about this, some of the CW shows, they have African-American characters where they feel like they're just white characters and like written for white people and then they just have African-Americans in the role. And on, on one hand, that's cool because, yay, anti-racism. Uh, you know, everybody's a person. An actor is an actor is an actor. It's fine. But also, I don't know. The With kids, it's like it's different because they don't need, they don't necessarily have that, um, that baggage yet. Or maybe they've been uh, shel sheltered, not sheltered, but like shielded from that by their parents. So I guess in, in this situation, it, it makes sense. And it, it didn't even enter my mind that, you know, why doesn't she have like a uncle that's like um, a drug dealer or something or smokes weed or whatever? It, it didn't enter my mind because she, first of all, none of her other family was there until like, it was like three quarters of the movie before we saw her mom, I think. And the same time when we found out that the vulture was her dad. So, I don't know. Somehow they pulled that off without it being weird. Like, uh, she's an African-American in uh, just a normal role. And they didn't have to bring in... I mean, I guess Michael Keaton is a criminal. so But he's white and it's a... I don't know. Race relations in this stuff is weird. But 
there's that weird distinction and I don't I don't even know where you're supposed to fall on it you know on one side or the other like I said do you address it do you not do you make it part of their life or do you not and if you just don't have it there and they're like really um and maybe that's part of it too that the that they like dress so well in the the flash that it's just like how do you have all this money i don't understand like do do police officers really make that much money do baristas really make that that much money you seem like you've got some money i don't know and is that racist for me to think that's a white thing i don't know anyway um yeah, that that didn't even come come into my mind. The thing that I thought more about was the height difference, and I just thought that was that was kind of funny. Anyway, the Iron Spider, the Iron Spider showed up. That was pretty cool. I like that. Um, didn't put it on. A little disappointing, but it'll probably show up later when we go up against Thanos. Uh, that's probably okay. The Stanley cameo. That was probably the least obtrusive Stanley cameo. We've ever had. Some of them are funny, some of them aren't. This one wasn't funny, but it didn't like screech the movie to a halt and, you know, just ruin the momentum. Uh, so, least obtrusive overall is okay. It fit in well with the story, and, and Spidey was still the star of that scene, which I uh, really appreciated. Vulture, okay, there's two things that like call back to other things. Vulture, as, as I drop my phone. Vulture, like, drive, not, he flies his, his glider and he acts like he's going to hit Peter with it. And, and then uh, Spidey flips over it and doesn't get hit by it. And the glider is going towards Michael Keaton. But it, <laughs> but it doesn't impale him like in um, uh, the first Spider-Man movie, the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. And, you know, it turns and f- ends up doing this whole thing where uh, it smashes all the, the pillars and the building ends up coming down on, well, the roof comes down on Spidey. And that was also a, you missed, did I, kind of moment too. So that was, you know. That was kind of dumb because that's a trope that they've done before and then lots of people do and whatever. They sort of didn't, they they avoided saying those exact lines, which makes it a little bit better. But anyway, I thought it was interesting that the glider went at Peter. He flipped over it, but it didn't kill the bad guy. It was kind of a, maybe it was an homage, maybe it was an accident, uh, an, an homage to the Green Goblin in the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man. And... I always get really nervous whenever somebody, because it happens all the time in Spider-Man movies, where somebody's falling and Spider-Man has to save them and catch them and keep them from falling to their death. And whenever he uses his web to do that, it makes me nervous. Even even after I've seen Gwen die that way, it still makes me nervous. He did that with um, the little kid. Ooh, I almost remembered his name but i didn't uh the little kid in amazing spider-man one that was in the the car that like falls over the like golden gate not golden gate bridge that whatever bridge that was uh when the lizard like freaking busted up that bridge it was the same thing where spidey 
webbed his his chest and and saved him and i every time i'm just like oh don't oh thank god okay didn't snap his neck good Whew. same thing happened with with liz i'm like oh she's gonna fall oh no don't web her don't ah. okay okay she's fine all right good Whew. dodged another bullet there ah, i've just got over the the whole gwen thing and he, whew, he almost did it to me again but yeah both of those cool little callbacks like it let's move on okay so cool little easter egg in kind of crossing over into real life according to variety and thanks for my buddy uh chris hager for pointing this out to me karen the ai inside this is a quote karen the ai inside of spider-man's suit was a last minute addition and is voiced by none other than jennifer connelly love jennifer connelly by the way Connolly is married in real life to Paul Bettany, who, before becoming Vision, is... Wow. Before becoming Vision in Avengers Age of Ultron, voiced Jarvis, the AI, in Tony Stark's Iron Man suit. So, Karen, suit lady, is is married in real life to Jarvis. And I love that. That's just... It's just a really cool little crossover into the real world um let's see the other thing that i was going to mention was okay so two more two last things um then i'll shut up so the fact that the vulture didn't kill spider-man is really dumb um he had him right he could have killed him so easily he was gonna kill him in in the last <laughs> last part of the movie the i think it was an end credit scene he's like if i already, if i knew who I, he was i would have killed him but he didn't kill him so what was this like an honor thing did they owe each other at that point i forget they go back and forth kind of saving each other's lives and such so i don't i don't understand like first spidey uh, saves Liz's life. So then Vulture spares him once. And they said, okay, basically we're even. And then after that, uh, Spider-Man saves Vulture from a fire, I guess. So, wait, but that was before he didn't kill him. So I don't know. Why doesn't? Why didn't he kill him? That doesn't make any sense. <sighs> so dumb. Yeah, so they shouldn't have put spidey in such a vulnerable position if they weren't going to have vulture kill him and obviously spidey can't die because he has to be in other movies but don't put him in that such a vulnerable position where the vulture wanted to kill him said he was going to kill him and doesn't kill him okay here we go this is what i've been wanting to talk about this this whole time and i buried the lead and i'm sorry but the whole Mary Jane reveal at the end. It wasn't even a Mary Jane reveal. It was an MJ reveal. Michelle, Michelle what? Michelle Jane? Are you going to do that? MJ is now Michelle Jane? What the heck? Okay. Without even that. There's, there's a Michelle in the comics. And I was just, I was hoping, I was praying that they were going to do that Michelle, that version of Michelle in from the comics. It if you don't know Michelle in the comics was uh, a roommate of of Peter Parker's and they had a, a, a fling for a while but it to my the best of my knowledge they sort of decided that you know we're we're best as friends 
the, our relationship is better when we're, we're just friends. It's fine. And they, they parted ways amicably and were friends afterwards. So what, what is wrong with, with that? First of all, you made up Liz. I've never heard of Liz before. And, and you know, you were fine with that. So why can't Michelle also be just somebody that you either pulled from obscurity of the comics or made up? What is so wrong with that? Can I not get a comic accurate Mary Jane Watson? How hard is that? Mary Jane Watson is a great character. She is a a girl who hides her insecurity with a bubbly party girl personality. She's and she's charismatic. She's smart. She has dreams and goals and you know aspirations in life. She wants to be on Broadway. She wants to be a famous actress. She works hard and does she make it? I don't know if she actually makes it. She works hard for what she wants. And these are all like amazing qualities besides the fact that she's a beautiful redhead. You know, if you want to if you want to change the 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 race of of a character, fine. Who cares? Uh Zendaya is a beautiful girl and you know, is smart and she's a great actress. Well, <laughs> she did well in this movie. I always hate uh, actresses on even I hate everybody on the on the Disney Channel. <laughs> I don't really, but Disney Channel has terrible content, and the actors don't get to shine on that channel because all of the like all the main characters are the same, and a lot of a lot of the characters are just cookie cutter and dumb and just stupid. So Zendaya hasn't really gotten to to show her stuff yet, <clears throat> but she did really well in this movie um, with the character she was given. But that character is not Mary Jane. It's MJ in name only. And I don't understand why... Like I said, change the the race of a character, but don't change the whole character. Now I'm never going to get a comic accurate... I'm never going to get that character. I'm never going to get Mary Jane Watson in the MCU because the MCU is never going to die. Like It's going to go on forever, and I don't even want it to restart just so I can get, uh, so I can get a third Spider-Man... Fourth! Dear... A fourth Spider-Man within, what, like 10 years or whatever, 15 years? I don't, want, I don't want to reboot again. I just want Mary Jane. Can Why <laughs> Why is that not happening? I don't understand. And because, okay, maybe you say, well, we have gotten Mary Jane. We got Kirsten Dunst, who was a sad, quiet, emo girl. No, that's not Mary Jane. Mary Jane is a fiery redhead who is passionate and and goes after what what she's passionate about, which is, you know, her dream of being on the stage. She wasn't even like a good really a good actress on stage. Anyway, if we got Shailene Woodley, would we have gotten Mary Jane? Not no, I don't think so. How many times have you seen Shailene Woodley smile in anything? Like I I challenged my friend Daniel to find 
three pictures. <laughs> I think I said that she had smiled twice in her entire life. And I said, I'll be surprised if you find three pictures, basically, it, uh, online. Go ahead. And he found like four <laughs> on IMDb. So I'm exaggerating a little bit. But I don't think we would have gotten it with her either. Because she's always playing these, you know, serious, dra- uh, dramatic, like teen angsty type of, type of characters. And so I don't really think we'd, we'd get that from her either. It wasn't really that kind of universe where they knew how to fit that kind of character into the movie and make it work either with The Amazing Spider-Man. So I just don't think we would have gotten that. How, but Zendaya, in real life, if you see her in like interviews and stuff, she's cracking jokes. She's uh, happy and energetic and you know she she's dancing around with uh freaking whatever the character whatever the actress's name that plays Liz uh Liz and Tom Holland and Zendaya are just dancing away on on Instagram just having a grand old time why <laughs> why did you get an actress that has the that has so many similarities in her real personality with Mary Jane and then not give her Mary Jane's personality. Why? Why would you do that? So I'm just I'm just really disappointed that they that that they've gone this way. Maybe she'll grow into and grow into the character of, of Mary Jane and and sort of show her true colors. Maybe she was just maybe she was just putting on a front with this whole like I'm cooler than you, but I'm also a loser, but I'm I have no friends because I choose to have no friends type of thing. This whole like tough guy act. Tough girl? I don't know. Maybe she'll grow out of that and become the Mary Jane. The real Mary Jane. My Mary Jane. All right. That's about it, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, If I made this into a video at all, thank you for watching. And that's about it. Maybe I'll uh, be back next week. (laughs) I really hope that I can get that whole Princess Bride thing going. I really want my sister to be on the Princess Bride episode, but I haven't been able to... Like, I've gotten other guests that don't live in my house, and I can't get my sister on the show because I record after, like, 9 o'clock, and 9 o'clock is bedtime. It's, and she's like, I'm tired. You don't want a tired person on my show. I'm I'm thinking about it now (laughs) where... Whether you're tired or not, you're going to be on the show. But uh, that's coming out one of these days. And I just bought a whole bunch of other movies that I'm going to watch. And I can review one of those pretty soon. So uh, look out for that. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you if you got to the end of this uh, maybe video and podcast. And hashtag NotMyMichelle on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you like. Oh, speaking of that. You can find me at Game of the Box on Twitter, Facebook, and you can follow the podcast specifically at Bargain Bin Movie Pod on Twitter and Instagram. All right, everybody, until next time, thank you and good night. I'm going to be really curious to see what other people think of this whole MJ thing. Hmm.